0: Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. going to see in this story this morning, the intersection of worship and also our possessions. And so I've titled this message, Worship or Waste, John chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Read it with me. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And so they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at, with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment. The word actually used there denotes an amount of about three-fourths of a pound. A pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. May God add a blessing to the reading of Scripture. Pray with me. Lord, in this moment, what we know not, teach us. What we are not, make us. And what we have not, give us. It is in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Money. A lot has been said and written about it. And to be fair, we're not talking only about money today. We're talking about possessions. We're talking about the things that are entrusted to you and I. If I was to simply say these two words, money is, what pops into your minds to finish that sentence? Money is, and I oftentimes hear people say, incorrectly, I would add, that money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not exactly what the scriptures say. The scriptures in totality say that the love of money is the root of all evil. The reality is, it's just green paper. Most money these days don't even have anything fixed and solid backing up its value and its worth. And so it really is just simply worth the paper that it is written on. But the harsh reality is we need it, don't we? Lord, haven't I learned this week? It's something we can't do without. It's something that we have to, It we have to exchange hands. It has to Move about for an economy to be successful, for a household to operate, even for a church to have ministry. It isn't evil, but our attitude towards it certainly can be. Money and possessions have a tendency to reveal the attitude of our hearts. You've heard it said, if you want to know where your priorities are, take a look at your checkbook. Now, that's probably not as accurate today because I don't know very many people at all who keep a checkbook anymore. I had to write a check a few weeks ago, guys. I I didn't even almost remember how to do it. It had been so long. I still have a checkbook, but I never write one anymore. Everything's digital now. I either carry cash or I've got apps on my phones. I don't even have to pull my debit card out at the grocery store now because Foodline takes PayPal. Or no, they take Apple Pay. And so I just (laughs) touch my phone and boom, there it goes. And so checks are a thing of the past. But if you want to see where your priorities are, take a deep dive at your budget. Take a look at your bank ledger. Log in online and look around and you'll see where... Your priorities are because money and possessions have a tendency to reveal the attitude of our hearts. And I want to say a little side note here. I'm not going to go off on a rabbit trail, but don't think that just because you don't have a whole lot of money, that means that money isn't something that you serve. Don't think that just because someone does have a great deal of money, that it's automatically something that they serve i am th- I'm got uh, just some random people that I know popped into my head right now, and they're some of the wealthiest people that I've ever met. They're some of the kindest, generous, most genuine Christian folks I could think of. Giving people. Money is not their God. God has blessed them with a great deal of it, but it is not their God, and they have a proper perspective and a proper motive in their hearts. Well, in John 12, there's a terrific contrast that is made Between two disciples. Now, there are many players in this story. Of course, we have Martha and Lazarus, and a great deal could be said just about them. Jesus reclining at the table, there was no doubt many others that were at the table that evening. But I want to focus today on two particular players in this story, and that is Mary and Judas. Because in this story, we see their motives, we see their character. Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead one chapter before. And the crowd was very excited, but the religious leaders were indignant. They were plotting to kill Jesus. And so Jesus and His disciples have left that area, and they're now in an area known as Ephraim, stopping at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus in the city of Bethany. And what we will learn about Mary and Judas stand in stark contrast to one another. Here's today's truth that I want to share with you. I've, I've misplaced my clicker. I don't know where I put it. There it is. Found it in my pocket. Here's today's truth. A life spent in selfless devotion to Jesus is not wasted. But a life spent on self is totally wasted. Let's read that again. A life spent in selfless devotion to Jesus is not wasted. But a life spent on self is totally wasted. We see first in the story Mary. And as we come to her, we notice that she had a giving heart. Several characteristics can be seen by her in this story. Some are are laid out and spelled very clearly for us in the text of Scripture. Some we have to dig a little bit deeper for. But let's jump in this morning and see... What we can discern about Mary and her giving heart. Firstly, she had a sacrificial attitude. Verse 3 says that Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard. Now, Judas is mentioned here right after, and he was the treasurer for the disciples. And he tells the crowd that is assembled here that day that this was a very expensive thing for Mary to do. And so we see the sacrifice in her action. Because in verse 5, Judas says, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? A day's wage in that time was a denarii. That was what you would receive for one day of honest work and labor. And so we see that this is equivalent to almost a year's wages. I don't know how much you make. Let's just do a round number. Let's say 50000 is what you bring home every year. For some of you, it might be a lot less than that. It is for me. <laughs> but if I had to give up that in one moment, that would be a very difficult thing for me to do, and I'm sure it would be for you as well. She did not even think about it. She knelt before her Savior. She opened her box and she began to anoint the body of Jesus with no thought about what it would cost her. Sacrificial attitude. Now, keep in mind, Mary had just buried her brother a few days before. You say, well, no harm, no foul. Christ brought him back from the grave. Well, yes, He did. But she had still gone through all the burial rituals, and I'm sure it's no different in that day than it is in our time. Those things cost money. and She could have used that money to cover the cost of that burial that had already taken place, but instead she gave a sacrificial gift to her Savior. King David once said, In 2 Samuel 24 and verse 24, that he would not offer burnt offerings to the Lord that cost him nothing. We don't give God our leftovers. In the Old Testament, there's a thread that runs through when the people were to give to God. There's a lot of talk about the first fruits And what that means essentially is what I just said. We do not bring to God our leftovers. We don't just give Him whatever is left over or whatever we think we might be able to spare. But we are called as the people of God to be a sacrificial people. Sometimes giving at the expense of our own wants and needs. I ask you this morning, do you, like Mary, have a sacrificial attitude when you give, when you serve, and when you worship? Because we're not just talking about about our pennies and our dollar bills this morning. But you have time, you have talents, you have treasures that you have been entrusted. You are a steward of. And are you using those things in a sacrificial manner? Well, somebody else can do it. Oh yeah, I could could do it, but I don't want to. I don't have time for that. What's the attitude of our hearts? Are we like Mary? Or as we'll see a little bit later, are we like Judas? Not only did she have a sacrificial attitude, but she had a servant's heart. Verse 3 continues that Mary anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped His feet. With her hair. She didn't come before the Lord with any intentions of receiving. There's a lot of Christians that that every time they come before God, their hands are open. What are you going to give me, Lord? In many of our times of prayer, that's our focus. I need, I want. Give me, give me, give me. But we don't see that here in this story. And in Mary's life, she simply gave. No expectation. No, what are you going to do for me? What have you done for me lately? No, I'm, I'm giving. I'm serving. She came in the manner of a servant, simply wanting to pour out her love for him. And God delights in a servant's heart. She had a submissive spirit. Verse 3 also tells us that Mary anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped His feet With her hair. This was not something that was common in the Jewish culture for a woman to take her hair down. There were laws about it. There were certain things that were expected of women in the public square. But she didn't think about that. She didn't do so with any concern about what people would think. She simply submitted to her Lord. And she wiped the feet of her Savior with her own hair. She wanted Jesus to know of her love for Him. And so she submitted to Him. I reference it often, but I always think about what Brother Dale says when he prays often. He'll talk about bending the knee to the Savior, to the Lord, to the King of Kings. A beautiful picture of that in this story. Because she knelt before her Lord. She served. She she cleaned. She prepared him for what was to come in a, a moment of submissiveness, in an act of sacrifice and servitude. She gave the best she had to offer lovingly to her Lord. Moving on, she had a, a scriptural mindset. Mary knew what was going on in this moment. It was not lost on her what she was doing. Uh, The preparation that Jesus spoke of for the burial that was soon to take place. And there were customs that went along with that. There were things that had to take place for it to be done in accordance with Jewish law. And she was simply doing what she knew needed to be done according to God's Word, according to commandments. And she believed something that not even the twelve disciples believed yet. That Christ was about to die as He had said that He would. She believed this. So she made sure that His body was properly prepared for the burial that was to come as was the custom of her people. And the rest of the followers in this story, they seem to have failed to see the importance of this simple act. But Mary knew how important it was. And Jesus spoke to that in verse 8 when He said, For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have Me. And of course we know He was speaking in the flesh. He was speaking in the physical in that moment, because we also know that after He ascended, the Helper would come and Christ will be with His people. He is with His people. But if she had waited, she would have missed her chance. And so she gave immediately. She gave without reservation, without thought for the future or what people would think. This was the one and only chance for His body to be prepared by His followers. Now, of course, we know as the story progresses, as it carries on, that after the crucifixion, other women would come to anoint Him after His death on the third day, but His body would already be gone. And I seriously doubt Mary knew that would take place, but she wanted to make sure that she followed the custom, that she followed the laws, that she followed the commandments, and that she did not miss the gravity of the moment that she was in. Christ would soon lay down His life for His sheep. And she wanted to prepare Him for that moment. She had a spiritual demeanor. She saw her giving as something deeply spiritual. She was focused on the future and she was greatly rewarded for her attitude in doing so. In Matthew's gospel, which is a parallel passage of this story, chapter 26 verse 13, it says, "Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her." Jesus was saying people are going to remember what she did. Centuries later, people are going to be talking about what she did because it was a deeply significant and spiritual act not just a physical one, and Mary understood that principle. In the Expositor's Bible commentary, they say that wiping His feet with her hair was a gesture of the utmost devotion and reverence. The penetrating fragrance of the ointment that filled the house told all present of her sacrificial gift. Now let's look at the words and actions of her counterpart, in the story as we move on to Judas, who had a selfish heart. Mary is a perfect example of what we ought to be, but Judas is the example of what we ought not to be, but many times are. Read verse 4 with me. Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag he used to help himself to what was put into it. We see, firstly, in his words that he had a deceitful spirit. Oh, he tried to seem pious. Oh, just think about what we could have done with that money. All the people that we could have helped, all the beggars on the corner, all the starving children in New Guinea or wherever you choose. But he didn't really care for the poor. He didn't really give a hoot about the beggar on the corner. He only wanted to appear that he was being spiritual. And in reality, he's being deceitful because it is greed that drove him. And by trying to act like a giving person, he was hoping that the others would believe he was something that he was not. The very definition of a hypocrite. That's one reason why I kind of like not passing the plate. I kind of like just having a a, a box or a, a basket where we can place our offerings in. There's no, hey, look at me when I drop my check or when my coins clink into the metal offering plates. There's nothing about it that points back to us. It doesn't matter if you are the biggest giver in this church. God doesn't care one bit about that. What He cares about is the attitudes and actions of your heart. And are you doing it in a deceitful way? Are you doing it in a way that says, Hey, look at me. Look what I have to give. Look how good I am to the church. Hypocrisy. Many who would appear to be the most pious of Christians give very little, if anything, to God sometimes. Sometimes we give simply for ourselves, simply to be seen. Don't give in deceit. Don't give in a way that seeks to draw attention to yourself. Judas had a deceitful spirit. The final thing we see is that he had a dishonest heart. He didn't want to give money to the poor. He only wanted it for himself. And he saw a wonderful opportunity before him to replenish his resources. Not the disciples' resources, not Jesus' resources that they had available, the funds that they used for travel and for ministry. Oh, it wasn't about that at all. Oh, it's in my money bag. And I have control over that money bag. But it didn't work out as planned, and that's why he resented Mary's gift. He wanted to use the prophet for his own gain. And we see in his heart that money is what Judas was hungry for. We know the rest of the story. We know that that would be his God. And he would take what belonged to God, given the opportunity, and he would use it for himself. As we draw this to a close this morning, we've seen a giving... Servant with a sacrificial attitude, a servant's heart, a submissiveness. We've seen a selfish servant, a selfish individual with a deceitful and dishonest way about him. I hope you see in this story that the way that we give matters. the way that we use our resources matter. Again, we're not just talking about money in the offering plate, but we're talking about worship. We're talking about those things that God has given to us, our talent, our time, our treasure, the things that He's put in our hands to be a good steward of, and the way that we use them matters. It's not enough just simply to use it. You see, if we give for ourselves, it does not honor God. If we work so that we will be seen, it does not honor God. If we give out of guilt or compulsion, it does not honor God. If we use our time and our our talents out of compulsion or guilt, it does not honor God. But we better decide here and now if we believe God's Word is true, because a failure to do what He's called us to do also does not honor Him. And as the people of God, we are commanded to be good stewards? Are you using that gift He's given you, that ability, for His glory and for His kingdom? Are you using your talent to draw attention to Jesus? What about your financial resources? Are you a giving person? I'm not going to stand here today and preach a a fixed amount, a 10% or anything like that. But what I am going to say is, as the people of God, we are commanded to give. To support the work of the Lord. To support the work of the local church. And are we doing that with pure motives? With the right heart? Because the way that we give matters. Mary gave generously and she was remembered for it. She was memorialized for it epitaph on her gravestone read here lies Mary a giving servant I don't know that for sure but it should and so I ask you this morning what will your epitaph say how will your obituary read what will your memorial be it isn't about how much money you have it isn't about how much money the church has raised and how much you've given. It isn't about were you the very best most talented servant of the Lord? It's about how obedient are you as a follower of Christ? How obedient are we as the people of God? Truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Here's the point as I draw it to a close. Watchman Nee, in his book, The Goal of the Gospel, says that Jesus intends that the preaching of the gospel should issue in something along the very lines of the action of Mary here, Namely, that people should come to Him and waste themselves on Him. Or to state it another way, He wrote, the gospel is to bring each one of us to a true estimate of His worth. Do you see today how beautiful Jesus is? Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And He's just the same as His lovely name. That's the reason why I love Him so. For Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Are our actions proclaiming that to the world? Are our attitudes pointing people to Jesus? Is our ministry, is our stewardship as a church and as individuals lifting up the name of Jesus? Are we producing in people the same outcome that they would kneel, that they would submit before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? You see, if Jesus is the pearl of great price and if He is the treasure hidden in the field, then it's not a waste to sell everything that you have and to buy that pearl or to buy that field. To dedicate your life To it to pour yourself out for something that truly matters oh we spin our wheels brothers and sisters we give our time and our attention we we spend our effort and our energy on things that have no consequence they have no eternal value but we have been given a gift we have been given a treasure I beseech you today I encourage you above all else to pour yourself out for the kingdom to put your hand towards a task that builds up the kingdom of God Jesus is worthy for you to devote all you are and all that you have to him life spent in selfless devotion to Jesus is not wasted, but a life spent on self is totally wasted. This is the word of God. It is for us as people. Would you say it with me? Thanks be to God for it. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There, you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.